Hi, I'm Jill Fetcher. And I'm Maggie Humphrey. And you're listening to The Agency Scoop, where we're talking about business from an agency point of view. And our point of view, with some laughs along the way. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in every month for the latest scoop. Welcome to this month's episode of The Agency Scoop. What's going on with you, Maggie? Well, we just had Memorial Day weekend, and I've been soaking up the sun. It's finally summer. It's been a long time coming, and I've been on a little bit of a book journey. (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? What kind of books are you reading? So I recently got into this fantasy series, which I like haven't read a fantasy series ever before. Not even The Hunger Games? No. Oh. I love the movies. Okay. And actually, I lied. I have read a few Harry Potter books, but like dedicated, like I'm reading this from start to finish. So... My cousin turned me on to the series. It's called A Core of Thorns and Roses. Oh, no. I did just get a recommendation from this recently. You should read it. Mm -hmm. So I got Heather and Reja from our Rochester office turned on to it. And now we have like our own little book club. (laughs) And every day at lunch, we like fill each other in on the chapters that we read. I'm ahead of them. I'm like like a half a book ahead of them. They just finished the first book and I'm midway through the second. But I just a humble brag. I seriously, I'm just getting every and I've turned on like two of my friends outside of work onto the series. And it's just it's really come full circle. And I have just this whole book club amongst all my friends and I get to talk about it all the time. And it's so fun. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I recently started a mini book club here at the office in the Buffalo office with Shep. And we've just been reading books where the wife is always murdering the husband. That's the theme. Oh, it seems it did. We keep picking these books that that is happening. So I mean, whatever, whatever I don't know. gets your interest. Does your husband know? He does, but he doesn't like when I talk about the books I'm reading. I, I mean, so he tunes out. <laughs> Maybe there's more to that. Yes, yes. But I love that that is the series you're reading because in the fall, I went on a girl's trip to Colorado for my 40th birthday. A bunch of my college girlfriends, we all turned 40 and we went to Colorado and we were kind of on this mom's trip. And we met this other group of moms that were doing a similar thing. (laughs) And we were just hanging out with them at this bar and like drinking and they were all obsessed with this book series. And they basically made us all download it that moment and we're talking about it. And then I forgot about it until literally yesterday, someone recommended it. And I said, I have that book in my Kindle. You need to read it. Because this mom group made me download it. And you can join you can join our book club. Yes. Okay. I'm going to do it. You need to do it. It's so good. And they're actually turning it into a Hulu series. Oh, nice. It's like being written right now. I'm, I'm I'm hopeful, but I know I'll be disappointed just because I'm always disappointed when I see books come to life. They just never do it justice, as cliche as that sounds. It's true, but we'll see. Agreed. Agreed. I love that. I love that. Well, so I am also reading a ton. I haven't been able to get into a new TV show lately. I've been reading so much, but the big thing I'm looking forward to is in a few weeks, I will no longer be someone who hasn't seen Taylor Swift in her oh, Eras Tour con- right. like concert. So I'm going in a few weeks and I'm really excited about it. And I've just been thinking about it all the time, looking at outfits online. I did buy an outfit, but oh, I want to see there'll be more. Outfit. I, I need choices. You I need think. to send me the choices. I'll I will. Pick. <laughs> I'm excited for you. I'm not going to Taylor Swift, but I'm going to live vicariously through you. So Thank you. Take pictures, please. Besides all of that fun stuff that we're doing, what's going on in the news? Yeah. So I feel like since the last time we chatted, um, Google's made a lot of exciting announcements. They just had their Google Marketing 
live last week where they announced a lot of new features. In case you missed it though, our other agency podcast, Marketing O'Clock, covered all of what was announced at the Google Marketing Live. And our very own Greg Finn did also summarize all of the new features in a great article um, from Search Engine Land. So definitely check those out. But I think overall, everyone's talking about AI, which is nothing Mm -hmm. new. But I feel like I want to know how many times AI was actually mentioned in the Google Marketing Live stream because I was actually with Greg when we were watching it and like every five seconds he was like, AI, AI, AI. (laughs) (laughs) Just everything everyone's talking about. We should have had a game at the beginning and it'd be like, guess how many jelly beans are in the jar? But it would be guess how many times they're going to say AI throughout this broadcast. I was thinking a drinking game, but that that sounds more appropriate. Yes, you'd be dead. If you did a drinking game yeah. during this. There's a lot of features I'm actually excited about as a fellow marketer myself, specifically Google's new product studio tool. Essentially, AI is used to manipulate product photos. So it's not generating photos from scratch, but you can, for example, like upload a picture of like my water cup and put some funky backgrounds around it or just, again, AI manipulate the photo, which I think will be huge, especially for e-commerce and other you know, businesses out there that have specific products. Yeah, that's so nice, especially for small businesses yes. when you don't have have a real photographer or maybe you don't even have a nice camera you just have your iphone mm-hmm. um and you can take a photo and it would make it look better absolutely they can res it up yeah <laughs> make it better resolution make it look nicer i think that is huge mm-hmm. for small businesses absolutely i'm excited to see that roll out some other things ai powered assets based on search queries so essentially you can add assets to your search ads depending on what specific queries folks are actually searching for which is really cool some further brand restrictions for broad match which i'm actually really excited about because i've been doing a lot with broad match lately so anything we can do to fine-tune that further i'm here for that (laughs) and some additional new campaign goals to aid you in steering your performance efforts as well but with the good there are some things i'm a little weary about (laughs) as well of course Um, They also announced some new campaign types, including demand gen campaigns. I don't know if you know what demand gen is. Well, I'm still trying to figure out what the demand is here, but it seems like these ads will be running on the YouTube discovery and Gmail platforms. So I don't really know what this means for discovery campaigns. Personally, I've been running discovery for a few of my client accounts for the last like six months or so. And as of late, they've really like just been underperforming and I can't really put my finger on it. And I heard that this is just kind of a common trend other advertisers are seeing too. So I don't know if this means that maybe Google's moving away from discovery. I'm not really sure, but definitely interested in testing it out to see you know what's in store there. And then Google also announced a like a few weeks actually before that, the Google I.O. was um, Google search generative experience. So I think this will be really cool. Um, But some things that we were actually in an internal meeting this week and just discussing amongst ourselves, we we saw that in the test version, you actually can't click on any of the links that it generates for your results, which makes me a little nervous because again, Google is a search engine. It's supposed to be giving you the best results possible. And if you can't use it as a research source and drill down further and try to figure out what they're serving you, where it's coming from, I just think that's very flawed. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we still have time, so they could absolutely 
you know, fix that issue and come up with some better results. But I guess we'll wait and see. But a lot of good coming, I think. Google is utilizing AI to better help advertisers and small businesses and other businesses rather than just forcing it, which I think is really important to note because I've said this before, I think AI is a very helpful tool and definitely should be used as a resource versus just really controlling and like steering and really, you know, pushing the buttons for us. I know a lot of people are afraid of AI or afraid of robots taking over the world, those kinds of things. And it's easy to see how it could um, potentially harm people or spread misinformation. But also as a marketer, it's crazy to think how a year ago um, things were so different that you couldn't use AI in this way or that you would put a prompt into the initial um, versions of chat GPT and it would come out with ridiculous things. And now you can put a, the same prompt in and it comes out with an actual usable paragraph of text. <laughs> and so it's um, it's really amazing how far it's come along in such a short amount of time. Yeah, I, I, I forget how recently this was released because I use it almost every day. Mm-hmm. Like there's a couple of really big projects that we're working on here at Cypress North, specifically for SEO. And it's such a helpful tool. And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, feel like I'm spoiled now with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like how do we do this before? How did this even happen? That leads to, I saw an article in Search Engine Journal talking about kind of summarizing all of these other articles that were talking about the legal implications of it. So the White House is already on it. There are a bunch of different agencies and committees really coming together to talk about how do we prevent this from causing harm to people's um, security, to their privacy, to the economy, you know, all of these different things, because there's a lot of fears out there and all of them are pretty valid. Um, And so there's been all these committees talking and bringing in people from Google, Microsoft, all of the major tech players to talk about this and ensure people's safety and try to regulate it. My fear on that, well, not even a fear, but my take on that is that is it going to end up being like when TikTok was in Congress and they're asking questions and there are people that don't even know how TikTok <laughs> works and they're like, this is bad. We got to ban it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I'm I'm hopeful because they seem to be including the right people, the right agencies, the right types of experts in the conversation that it doesn't get to that level where we see all these clips on TikTok is where I saw a lot of this news <laughs> of Congress people saying, and how do you use it? Do you upload a photo? And asking silly questions because they don't even know how the app works yet. They're against it because someone else told them to be against it. Right. So hopefully this does develop some good regulatory framework and guidance, but doesn't hinder progress because I don't I don't think that they could prevent people from going and developing this in another country and using it here. It'll still happen. <laughs> yeah, this right. AI technology is still going to go. I'm glad they're not trying to just squash it. (laughs) Hey, Maggie, let's give our listeners a peek behind the curtain. You mean like a look into what we're actually doing? Yeah. Okay. All right. So taking a look behind the curtain. Luckily, we don't really have any losses since the last time we chatted. So I guess let's just get into the wins. Great. Well, so recently, um, a couple months ago, we actually promoted Jess on our team, who is a regular here at the agency Scoop. (laughs) And Jess became the vice president of marketing operations and client service. And we created another structure change to really offer more support to our marketing team. So in this structure change, Jess has taken on more of the day-to-day management of the marketing team and handling who has what workload, uh, making sure people are happy and that the fit is right with all of their accounts, 
and, you know, making sure that clients are happy while Greg is taking on more of the training and testing, pushing more innovation of different tools and introducing those to our clients and our our people. And it has been a huge win, I think. Mm -hmm. We've gotten some great feedback from the rest of our team that they're feeling more supported than ever. Um, And sometimes it feels like when you have people for a long time and you are promoting and promoting and they, they are not just do, but deserving of a promotion. They're ready for taking on more leadership. It's hard sometimes playing that balance where you feel like, oh, do we have too many managers or too many people and not enough people doing the work and more people kind of overseeing or managing? But this management change has been crucial and we didn't realize how much we needed it. So I, I that to me is a huge win and it's been great. Jess yeah, has been doing an amazing job. We did a deep dive into this structural change that we put in place a few episodes back. So definitely check it out if you haven't heard it. But um, I will say just as a marketing manager here, promoting Jess has been very beneficial to me. I just feel like I have somebody that I can go to, look up to, almost like she's kind of like a mentor to me in a lot of ways. So having like that leadership role above me has just been so helpful. I just feel much more like supported, I guess, is a better way to put it. But yeah, definitely a huge win for us. And one of the other things we've been testing that's been going really well is with new employees. So what we started doing is um, when someone new starts, doing a daily check-in with them, with their direct manager every day for the first week. And at the end of the week, having another manager do a check-in as well on that day. So they'll have two different check-ins. And I was doing that weekly one and then kind of staggering them from there. So going from daily to only Monday, Wednesday, Friday for a couple weeks and then going down to every week and then eventually every other week. And it's worked really well and made our new employee feel very supported. And a lot of times those check-ins are five minutes. They don't necessarily have any questions from the day before or they have a couple things, but it it gives a new employee a chance to always have that forum to ask things, to offer their feedback, to you know get information about what's happening the following day. Maybe they got added to a meeting that they don't know really what it's for, if they should prepare for, but they feel silly asking the person who scheduled the meeting or they're just not comfortable yet. So this has really given that forum for more communication along the way. And even though sometimes it could feel repetitive because there isn't much to say every time, it has been really impactful based on the feedback we got from yeah, and our I think employee. It's, it's also helped us uh, as we're still kind of formulating a more structured training process, but it's kind of helping us with that too because we, we get immediate feedback. Oh, did you feel like this training was helpful or did you feel like there was any holes missing? Like we could fix this for the next time around and mm-hmm. that's just been been really great too. And having them speak with their direct manager as well as somebody else gives them a couple different ways to ask questions. And depending on what it is, they might feel comfortable with one person over another if it's not something directly related to the work, but it's related to the office environment or taking time off or anything like that. So it's um, been really well. And we we actually got that idea from someone um, who left, but we you know have a great relationship with. And when she was onboarding in her new position, they did this and she said it was so, so helpful. And so we said, sure, let's try it. We always like to try things, so. And now it's the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time to get into the main scoop. Today we're gonna talk about everything from burnout, rust out, to timeout. 
just overall just handling stress in the agency world, which you and I have a lot of experience with. So I'm excited to talk about this topic with you today. Yes. <laughs> I can't tell you how many people I know in almost 20 years of agency experience, how many people I know who have said, oh, I just got burnt out with the whole agency life thing and so I had to leave it or I just can't do this anymore. I'm looking for something outside the agency world because I'm so burnt out. And I think burnt out is a feeling that a lot of people have across a lot of different industries right now. But rust out is a new term that I just heard of recently in an article from Harper's Bazaar and I felt I felt this article to my core. <laughs> um, I remember feeling this way at my last position, and it's it's really the way that it's defined is just feeling uninspired, uninterested, and it's a result of not just one thing that made you burned out, but just a length of time of not feeling stimulated, not feeling connected, not feeling heard, sometimes just feeling like you have been trying so hard and working so hard and and what is even happening now? Like, like, am I successful yet? Did I reach what I wanted to reach? And you just feel burnout, but also it's just those little things over time where burnout sometimes feels like when people talk about it, it feels like a nervous breakdown or or something where there's You've been an going, event going, and going, going. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Where rust out, it's, it's, I remember feeling this way and not recognizing that I was yeah. feeling this way for so long. And so it it really, this article spoke to me, this rust out, and we wanted to tackle this topic as things that we've done individually as how to tackle these feelings and have better work-life balance, have that um, feeling in your life that you are you're doing it and you're not getting mm-hmm. so exhausted with work and, you know, individually what we do. And then also kind of like as a business, what you can do in the agency world to prevent this for your clients. A lot of people, when they experience it, like I said, leave. So they'll go client side. They might start their own business, start freelancing if they hate what they're doing in the agency world. Um, sometimes leaving the industry to do something completely different. I know a designer I used to work with now teaches math to second graders. <laughs> wow. Which I feel like that sounds like more burnout to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that seems harder. And freelancing sometimes is you're you're creating the same problems except you have to go find the clients, right? Yeah. So a lot of times that will change your situation for a little bit. But if you that. don't address the core of the problem, you're still going to experience the Especially same thing. Especially because it's solely focused on you like self-motivating. I feel like sometimes what helps prevent this from happening is your whoever your leadership is. I feel like it starts from the top down too. I think that's super important. You know, how is your manager handling their work stress? Mm-hmm. You know, are they pushing you, putting pressure on you? Are you feeling burnt out or are they are you feeling uninspired because they're not leading you or whatever it may be? But once you go freelance or if you're an entrepreneur, like you're it's all up to you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like what if at some point you kind of hit a wall and you're like, what next? Like, what now? Right. This, uh, the, um, there was a quote in this article that said, rust out is more common in entrepreneurs than people think. It's often a result of starting out with good intentions of creating a business. But then malaise sets in and they realize all they've done is create a job for themselves rather than build a business where they're free from the day-to-day monotony. So depending on what you're doing, you're still doing the same tasks. You're just also having to manage yourself. (laughs) And so um, how do we, you know, prevent that? So 
I guess to me, I always relate things like burnout and um, work-life balance back to being a working mom. I've been a mom for almost 10 years. And so to me, that feels like the things that I can do as a mom to separate work and life or the things that I can do to bring them together and in harmony, that's like the, the secret life hacks for me. <laughs> so I, I read a quote once and I think about this all the time that I can be an awesome mom and I can be awesome at my job, but I can't always be awesome at both every single day. <laughs> so I try to give myself a little grace mm-hmm. with that and then be able to not get so stressed out over things that are plastic balls, as they say, that bounce. I love that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. For me, I I, I, don't, I haven't experienced a ton, I feel like, of like the rust out phase, um, but I definitely experienced the burnout phase, especially in like a previous job of mine. It was very fast paced, very demanding, working a ton of hours. And I felt like for me, I really struggled to have a work-life balance and it really started to overpour into my outside of work life. Like I didn't have time to do the things that I enjoyed. And when I was trying to do those things, I just had so much anxiety thinking about what I could be doing for work or what I have to do tomorrow for work. And it was just very consuming. Um, and it was it was a struggle. I think towards like the end of my time there, I, I did get better at putting boundaries up, but that took a long time and it's way easier said than done. Yeah. I think just like setting those roadblocks for yourself if you can, if that's possible for you, definitely do it. Like say at this time, no matter what, Every day at six o'clock, I'm shutting my laptop and it can wait till tomorrow unless something's burning down. But mm-hmm. most of the time, especially in corporate America, your email can wait till the next day. So just trying to set those boundaries, which again is easier said than done. But yeah, something and, that helps. And it's also part of an agency life. When you work for an agency, you know that clients need things and you kind of are expected to be a little bit available um, when that happens. And having the tools in place to push back when you know everyone has a certain clients that everything's an emergency Mm -hmm. and having the tools where you feel confident enough to say this is going to have to wait till tomorrow and it'll be fine um and being able to communicate that to the client either you know letting them know oh i turn off my email after six o'clock or um you know emailing them back and saying, hey, I'll deal with this in the morning. Thanks for letting me know that this is happening or just waiting till the morning and, and letting them know and, and talking to them about it then. And um, But I know agency side, it's, a, it's harder sometimes because we are in a client service business and we want to keep clients happy. But I think also knowing when it is a true, okay, we all need to work extra hard put in a couple extra hours for the next few weeks to get over this hump or to finish this huge project or like to get this thing done and then it'll go back to normal. And if it's constantly at that heightened height, (laughs) if it's constantly (laughs) at that heightened state where you work for an agency that every single day you're supposed to work that hard, if you're doing the Devil Wears Prada or a Saturday Night Live (laughs) type of, um, you know, culture, then that's that needs to be red changed. Flag. That's a red, red flag. flag. <laughs> That's never going to result in that um, letdown period. But regardless of you know what your what your actual schedule is and what that culture looks like, I think you have to find things that help you feel better and have that balance. So for me, I love. I had no barely any commute for 15 years. I worked five minutes from my house, 
And when I started having commute, I, it became a really essential part of my day. And so it's part of the reason I don't really like working from home. Um, I like having that separation, having that 20, 25 minutes to sip my iced tea, listen to a podcast, listen to whatever music is going to motivate me that day, kind of get in the mindset, think through what I have to get done first when I get to the office. And then also on the way home, having that time to decompress and think through, okay, I finished this, I finished this, I don't have to worry about this anymore, kind of get it out of get it out of my head, think through the next things that are going on. Or sometimes I'll like call a friend on the way home and talk to people. Um, so I think that part gives me that transition period. And working from home doesn't give mode. me that. <laughs> um, but even if you don't have a commute, maybe it's it's taking that time, whether you are working out, whether you're taking a walk, whatever that might be to to separate. Yeah, I've always had a, a long commute because I live in the middle of nowhere. But <laughs> mine to the Rochester office is about like 30 minutes. To here, it's an hour. Um, but I – so I've always used that as a decompressed time for me. And, you know, I don't have kids, so I don't really need to shuffle into mom mode. But something that helps me – if I'm having even now like a stressful work day, whether it be like something I need to get done for a client or I have a lot of projects going on that I need to get finished, and it, it might be still kind of early. It might be like 4 o'clock, and I'm just – drained and mm-hmm. I'm like I I just need need to just decompress for a little bit sometimes I'll leave a little bit earlier I'll drive home I'll have that time to myself and then once I get home I sign back on I finish up what I need to do for the last 30 or 40 minutes and then you know I wrap up for the day and just being able to walk away when I just know I need some some time because it's like I either stay and grind out the last hour and probably not get as much work done as I would want to get done because my brain's just like mush at that point or go home, take a break. Or even if you maybe it's, it doesn't work for you to drive home at that time, go outside, go for a walk or go talk to a coworker for a little bit. Just kind of like recharge yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's helped me. I know that's a little bit more difficult for you because you're a mom. So signing back on when you get home probably doesn't work for you, but <laughs> I do. It's like nine o'clock. <laughs> that's when I sign back on. But But for me, that's been very helpful. I do dance classes once a week, and it's my time, two hours on Thursdays. And I only miss it if it's like something crucial that I have to be at, usually for my kids. So like their, you know, chorus concert or (laughs) something like that that I need to be at. But it's my time at two hours a week. And I only started doing that maybe three, four years ago and carving out that time to do something for myself is super important because even though... Before I had kids, I didn't do it. And if you asked me, you know, 15 years ago, like, oh, tell me about yourself, I would have led with what I do for work. And now I I talk about what I do for work, but I also talk about being a mom. I talk about that I do tap dancing. And so cool, by and the way. <laughs> I guess, like, to me, if there's something that you're, if you feel yourself losing yourself in work and that's the only thing you can identify as, oh, I work for an ad agency and that's like your, one sentence description of who you are, maybe you need to carve out time for yourself and think about like, how do I have more balance? I love that. And how can I do that? And even in just thinking about like, when people ask, tell me about yourself, what do you say? I hate to say, oh, I'm a mom. And that's it. (laughs) Because that makes it, it, that's not my whole story. And that's not who I am. I'm not just a mom. I'm not just working here. I'm not just this or that. Like I'm a person with a lot of different interests and a lot of different things. And when I think about all the things that I like or want to tell people that I like, 
then I know I have a full life. Yeah. <laughs> and I have that fulfilled. balance. As like goofy <laughs> as that might sound. No, I actually love that. I'm going to I'm going to keep that in mind for like the rest of time and share that with some of my, my friends. But I think it's so important. You don't want to you, you don't want your identity to be solely like your career. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be. You have a lot of other things going on or you should have. And if you don't set those boundaries, pick up a hobby, try something that you've been putting on the mm-hmm. back burner for a long time, because at the end of the day, like, are you going to look back on your life and be like, oh, you know, I'm really happy I worked those extra five hours every single day, the time I worked at this company. No. Right. (laughs) When I'm feeling stressed at work, it seeps into my home life. When I'm feeling stressed at home, it seeps into my work life. And so I try to implement different systems, especially at home, so that I don't think about that when I'm at work. So a lot of times when people think about work-life balance, they think about how to like have more of a life outside of work and like draw those boundaries. And I love what I do and I love working here. But I also don't want my my other stress to like seep in here. So when I'm thinking in my head, oh my gosh, when I get home tonight, I have five loads of laundry to put away. I need to mop the floors. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to go grocery shopping. When I'm like too stressed out, like by so many things that I have going on that way that I can't focus, that really affects me as well. And so I try to put like different systems in place. Like I am... 95% an Instacart person Love now. Instacart. I like when I can and when I can arrange it and, you know, pay for it and all of those things. Like I love getting a cleaning service to clean my house. (laughs) I, you know, I say all the time, if something happened to my husband, I would call a landscaper first because I'm not going to mow the lawn and add that to my burden. But it's just, it's like all of those things that you can do to make your life easier either way. Like it helps on both sides. Absolutely. I definitely agree. I think also, too, you want to be able to identify those red flags at the company you work for, which is something that I was I started to see before coming to Cypress North. Um, Just like we kind of talked about this at the beginning, but it starts from the top. You know, if you're seeing your bosses or if the overall culture is just very much go, 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 go. They're expecting you to stay late and get everything done every single day. It's it's not like a one-time project or a once-in-a-while thing. Mm-hmm. Those are the red flags you want to look for because odds are you're probably going to end up burnt out pretty quick. So I think, you know, if a company encourages flexibility and empowerment, that's so important. That's something that we do here. And like I said – if I need to leave at four o'clock because I'm shot for the day and I just need a break and then I'll go home and sign back on if I need to, that's okay to do sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. as long as my work's getting done and I'm doing a good job, great. You know, and, and if you have to leave early because you have a commitment, you have a dance class once in a while, that's okay too. You know, you're not you're not handcuffed to your desk yes. <laughs> from nine to five. <laughs> I think that's very important. I think more and more, I mean, agency life is that way for the most part, mm-hmm. I think. In my experience, but I but I think that people could do some more work with making sure that making sure that their employees know that. Like if it works for you to like in the middle of the day, take two hours and go grit lunch, do your errands, whatever. If you it, to me, if you're not missing meetings, if you're not missing deadlines and you are where you need to be and you're getting done what you need to get done, and that makes you have the mental health that you need and gives you that space, like go for it. Yeah. You know, so that flexibility I think is super important in any 
company, any industry. We were talking about like powering through a day of back-to-back-to-back meetings, but then still having to work till midnight to get your deadlines, to get your work done. Like that's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. It ebbs and flows, um, but that's not a sustainable thing. And so making sure that you're recognizing when it is becoming a trend and not a one-time a one-time thing right and being able to speak up and do what you need to do to get that under control agency work is up and down there's a lot of times you know you'll be busier and have an expectation that everyone is here late every day mm-hmm. it's gonna burn out your staff so just keep that in mind it, you're gonna get a reputation that you don't want most likely which can deter people from mm-hmm. working at your company yes and I you know bringing it back to being working mom again, I know of companies that I'd be like, oh, that would have been a great place to work if I was still 25, but I don't know any moms that that stay there. <laughs> and that's like a thing. You become, you have a reputation if you can't let your people out when they need to go to a soccer game or go to this or that. So it's, um, you know, you'll gain a reputation if you keep doing that and not giving that flexibility. I also think like rewarding your team too. Like we have a project our team is working on right now that is pretty demanding. It's not something we typically do, but it'll have a great reward for us in the end. And a lot of our team here is working extra hard, sometimes a few extra hours a week to get this done. But when it's over, it's over. And we're going to get together as a team and kind of celebrate the project and that it's done. And we're going to have like a happy hour or something just to reward everyone. And that it's in their heads knowing this is temporary. Like it's not normally like this. We're going to grind. It's going to be a huge reward in the end and we'll be able to celebrate together. What made me really feel that rust out in my last position is like not seeing the fruits of your labor and sometimes feeling like you're in that hamster wheel or that you have been working hard for so long and you're continually getting frustrated over the same things. So maybe you are constantly doing a report that your boss is asking of you and he's never reading it or you you know you're doing something and you're you're backing it up and you're working extra to research solutions and you're doing this and then no one seems to care. And I think that that happens a lot where some you get these frustrations and they're little, but they keep building over time. And when you have that kind of environment where you're not feeling appreciated or you're not seeing the fruits of your labor and you're continually frustrated, that is one where you need to look to see where the solution is. And sometimes it's leaving. Sometimes it's talking to somebody else outside of your department or a different manager to try to figure out how to change it. I I always like to say I like to be the change that I'd like to see in the world. So like when I see something wrong, I like to think through, okay, how can I fix this? How can I confront it? How can I make a difference? Because if you just quit and leave, then sometimes it'll just continue to be a problem for other people and maybe that won't bother you. But (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, I think that give it like that makes me feel better and less stressed when I can solve something and like yeah. feel needed and valuable and you know be doing what I'm supposed to do yeah and if you're also thinking about if you're currently in the situation and you're thinking about leaving because a lot of what we talked about today is really it, it sounds like something you're going through kind of think through some ways you can try and overcome it maybe try setting those boundaries we talked about and seeing if any change is made, talking to your boss or whoever it might be, your coworkers, and 
after doing that, give yourself some time. And if it's still not changing, then yeah, maybe it is time to move on from that. And you can, I'm sure like at an exit interview or something, you can relay some of that information to kind Mm -hmm. of make that change, like you said. But sometimes, unfortunately, leaving is the answer. But at the end of the day, you got to think about what's best for you. And all of these burnout, rest out experiences lead to you knowing what you want in the future. And I think it's important for people to bring that up in those discussions when you're switching jobs to be like, is this a thing that you see happening very often? Are people here um, upset because of this? Talk to other people you know that have worked at the company and their experiences, all those kinds of things, because the worst thing is to go somewhere else that you think is going to be different and yeah, then it's not. The grass isn't always greener. <laughs> yeah. Now it's time for everyone's favorite segment. And all of you know one. Don't be that girl. All right. So it's time for everybody's favorite segment, Don't Be That Girl, where we vaguely talk about clients or prospects that, you know, they're doing things that we don't think they should do. <laughs> so this month we have an example that has happened a couple uh, across a few clients but what we would call too many cooks in the kitchen. So something right now that we've been seeing happening, and this is something that's happened over time a lot, but recently I think due to the economy and stresses about people losing their jobs, about budgets being cut, and there's a lot of tense things happening, that all these projects that we're working on, instead of having one lead person from the client side working with our lead person here and the team here, it's like nobody wants to be responsible to make the decisions. And so they just keep adding more people into the project and being like, what do you think? And what do you think? And so we currently have this project going on that is a 12-week project. We went through the proposal stage with two people. Now each week we're, you know, four or five weeks into it. Now each week there's seven, eight people weighing in on what we're doing. And every week they seem to be adding more and more people to comment on the deliverables, which creates more work, more rounds of revisions to copy, to messaging, all those kinds of things. And it also, nobody really seems to have the authority or want to make those decisions to be like, this is what we're doing. And I'm approving this and this is good. And so it just creates a huge headache and just a lot more work. And Maggie is someone that's going through this right now. (laughs) Yeah, I can uh, speak firsthand to that one. But yeah, I think they have the best intentions, I will say. Like they're very nice. They're great clients. It's just like you said, there's too many cooks in the kitchen, a lot of input. It's ending up just slowing down our internal process. And of course – as someone kind of leading this project, I want to make sure we're hitting our deadlines. Like that's my first goal, right? So it's kind of messing with our deadlines. Not that it's our fault. It's just really changed from the initial start of this project where it was kind of more we're writing copy, more so to focus on page ranking versus marketing copy, I guess you want to say, like SEO copy versus marketing copy, where marketing copies, there's more involved with how it sounds, if it's enticing versus just like clever. Yeah, right. Versus just incorporating specific keywords. And so now all these people are, are giving feedback and edits and it's just there's so many involved. And of course, that brings more work to our team it's just the project has changed a lot and Mm -hmm. I don't think it's unfortunately close to stop like not change it's going to continue to change unfortunately (laughs) and at the end of the day that kind of project management style where everyone is leading and no one is leading 
results in a worse product at the end because the deliverable is never going to be the best it could be or the most honed in it could be because everyone is kind of putting their stamp on it and trying to incorporate their two cents. So our recommendation to not be that girl is to any project, any kind of engagement you're doing with an agency, if you are the client or the prospect, to understand what your roles are and who is gathering that feedback, who is the lead, who is their main point of contact, because just as you wouldn't want to call around the agency and talk to 10 people to get one answer, it's really hard for us to work and call all 10 clients and and get one answer. So um, just think about that for your next project. Just don't be that girl. No. Well, thanks for joining us on this month's episode of The Agency Scoop. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to The Agency Scoop. The Agency Scoop is produced by Cypress North, a digital agency in Buffalo, New York. Our producer is Greg Finn. Our editor is Eric Barnes. Our graphics are by Sammy Hansen. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, and anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn to share your thoughts about the episode and give us ideas for future topics. We'll see you next time.